Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. As his administration tightens the rules for immigrants trying to enter the country, President Trump continues to focus on immigration in his re-election rallies. If Democrats were ever to seize power, they would open the floodgates to unvetted, uncontrolled migration at levels you have never seen before. Do you think you have it bad now? You would never have seen anything like what they want to do. The latest policy change is a presidential proclamation that bars the entry of immigrants who don't have health insurance, a rule a federal judge has just put on hold. Joining me is Leon Fresco, a partner at Holland and Knight. He was formerly the head of the Office of Immigration Litigation at the Justice Department. Tell us about the latest rule change. Well, the latest rule change was one that involved the president issuing a proclamation that said that if anyone was living outside the United States and wanted to get a green card to come into the United States, then that person would need to have health insurance in order to be allowed to get their green card in order to come live permanently inside the United States. Would that be difficult for the Homeland Security Department to police that kind of a rule? Absolutely. That rule is incredibly difficult to police for several reasons. One, there was an exception to the rule that said if you can't provide proof of health insurance, that you could still show that you had sufficient assets to buy health insurance, and it was unclear what those sufficient assets were. There was no amount of money that was given in terms of either income or cash in the bank or anything else that determined what would those sufficient assets be. So health care can be any kind of cost. It could be somewhere between 2000 a month, 3000 a month. It just depends. And that was all going to be up to an individual consular officer to determine in a 90-second interview. So that's number one. But number two, more challenging, is the fact that since most health care in the United States is purchased from one's employer, having someone who's a foreign national try to get health insurance in the United States turns out to be a very, very difficult task because there really is no insurance other than the normal visitor traveler insurance, and that's not intended for people who are going to live here permanently. So this targets the kind of immigration that President Trump opposes where immigrants join family members who are here? Correct. Because what happens is there's three ways in which individuals can get green cards if they're sitting from abroad. And the main way is the family way. The second way is the employer way. And the third way is the diversity lottery. And then actually way one and way three, whether it's the diversity lottery or the family green card, which are both green cards that are not well liked by this administration, the idea was let's 
try to develop a choke point, which is that we can show that individuals won't have health insurance, and that way we can shut them down from coming into the United States, irrespective of the fact that Congress allocated a certain number of green cards each year for these purposes. Didn't the First Lady's parents come here under that so-called chain migration? Yes. So why does the president dislike it so? I think it's just an issue of significant pushback from the immigration restrictionist groups. They think that the 600 to 650,000 green cards a year that are given to relatives of U.S. citizens is way too high. And the closer they can get that number to zero, the happier they would be, irrespective of who's coming or why they're coming or whether they're contributing or not. And so it's unclear what the end goal is. But the medium-term goals are to serve obstacles, so to speak, in order to try to get those numbers down. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Leon, tell us about the lawsuit challenging this rule. So the grounds of the lawsuit are that Congress essentially issued the ways in which one could be disqualified from the United States under a statute called 8 U.S.C. 1182, which are called grounds of inadmissibility. And it lays out all the grounds of inadmissibility, and it says these are the reasons why you can't come in. And so the idea is that the president has exceeded his authority with regard to these grounds of inadmissibility by adding this new health care, essentially, ground of inadmissibility without going through the normal regulatory process, which has notice and comment, and without showing that there's an actual statutory basis for it, because the public charge statute, which we've talked about in the past, which talks about whether you will be dependent on welfare, doesn't have an affirmative requirement that you actually have health care. It just asks Will you be dependent upon public services? And once you've crossed that threshold, the, the idea is that the president can't invent a new threshold called, well, do you have health care too? A federal judge issued a temporary restraining order. Was that decision based on the merits at all? Well, he's saying that the plaintiffs have shown enough to stop it for right now. So what the judge just basically said is, look, this thing is too difficult right now to put into effect. Nobody knows how to get health insurance, and it's not clear that it's legal. So we're just going to stop it for now, and we're going to put some more evidence in the record, and then I'll either issue a preliminary injunction or the defendants will win, the government will win, and this thing will go into effect. But for now, it's not in effect, meaning if you go to a window in India or China or the Philippines tomorrow to try to get a green card for your interview, you don't have to at the moment show that you're going to have health insurance in the United States. And where does the public charge rule that the Trump administration tried to impose, where does that stand? Well, the new public charge rule is in litigation, and it's been enjoined by various district courts. And so that's going to be working up its way 
probably to the Supreme Court, which is probably getting quite flustered that it's having to take 10 immigration cases a year, which it used to normally take one or two. But since this is where a lot of the government action is happening right now in immigration, the Supreme Court is going to have to hear the public charge case most likely. But also, this is sort of a subset of that, because the question is whether the public charge law precludes this. Actually, the president's using the same travel ban authority that was used for the Hawaii case, which he won in the Supreme Court. He's basically just saying, I'm banning people without health insurance. Just like he said, I'm banning people from Iran and Syria and Libya. He's saying, I'm just banning people without health insurance. And the question is, well, why can't the president just add that ban and just add a new reason to ban people? Well, why can't he, Leon, if he can ban people who come from certain countries, why can't he ban people who don't have health insurance? Well, I mean, the statutory framework is broad enough that if one were looking at this again purely from a computer standpoint, I think the answer would be the president could ban people. And I mean, I was here a year ago telling you that the president was probably going to win the travel ban case. And so he may probably win this case too. But what starts to happen is at what point does a president start acting so arbitrarily and capriciously that the courts do nothing, that they just continue to allow these proclamations to issue to the point where the president is circumventing the fact that a Congress wanted an immigration system in the United States and that all of these things are basically operating to not have an immigration system in the United States. Thanks, Leon. That's Leon Fresco, a partner at Holland and Knight. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.